0: hey what's up everyone welcome back to another episode of growed up i am your host fernando and i am by myself today why am i by myself honestly i'm by myself because i couldn't find anyone to kind of secure the interview with today or the conversation with today so i decided i will do it by myself Why did I decide that I should do this by myself is because I am practicing consistency. I am practicing sticking to my guns. I am practicing work ethic because I am a big procrastinator. Any excuse that comes along for me to not do something is valid. So I am fighting every single bone in my body right now because um, I need to find a way to like fill up this time and just talk by myself and in a sense it might be therapeutic I don't know would it be I don't know but it might be good because I've never sat by myself and spoken to myself well I'm not speaking to myself I'm moving my phone I should actually turn off my wi-fi I'm not talking to myself I'm talking to you but I am talking to myself so I have to kind of uh, talk i don't know whatever i'm rambling and i do this you see i need to fight these urges to make fun of myself when i don't know what to do and i feel awkward i need to face my um i need to face my yay man switching off my wi-fi on my phone because i don't want WhatsApp to go off and make a noise there we go I have this tendency to distract myself from what I'm doing when I'm put in a situation of pressure, which is right now, or when I'm literally the sole focus of attention. Generally, people who know me would probably think that I do like attention. My husband likes saying that I like attention, but I don't think I do. I'm always so awkward and I always find a way to at least mock myself, at least, just to ease the tension you know but yeah let's get to know each other I think let's get let's let let's have fun um I might actually just end up enjoying this and do a lot of these I should actually I should actually focus on just being by myself with you you know in our space and just talking to each other and um Getting to know each other and helping each other and being a helping ear. You know, this adulting thing is not easy. It's very frustrating. (sighs) Okay, I'm sorry. I paused it because my husband is taking a shower. I don't know. I feel like he's doing this on purpose. So I am just going to try and speak over it because I said to him, look, I'm going to record now. Then he decided to take a shower so you can probably hear the shower i hope not i hope not because i have to clean this crap up and i don't have to deal with that but anyways i digress oh i'm complaining because he's listening to something i don't know what the fuck he's listening to some podcast of sorts i don't care it's not me so i'm annoyed anyways i digress let me start from the beginning, right? Because the whole point of this podcast is anyways to explore adulthood. What is it to be an adult? What does it mean? Okay? And why I decided to explore this is because when I remember watching my parents as a child or any other any other adult in my life as a child, there was something just so amazing about um what they did as adults. You know, there was something so um amazing about the fact that, you know, they'll they'll go to work or they'll dress up and that they'll go to events that we as kids cannot go to, that they could drink alcohol, that they could stay up later at night. There was something so um exciting about that and I couldn't wait till I could be an adult, you know, because I just wanted to 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 experience that and you know I guess you look at your parents and um I guess it depends from household to household but in my household my parents always looked so well put together I never felt like I needed anything like I was in need um My mom was very strict in terms of you can have this, you can't have that, whatever. My dad was a little bit more lenient, but not as, um, as hard as my mom was. My mom was very strict. My dad actually wasn't very much hands-on. He wasn't those hands-on parents, but he was there. Um, and I don't mean it in a in a bad way. He really was. He's a great dad till today. I love my daddy. So I always envied that freedom of adulthood or that came with adulthood you know and um and then I guess I became an adult and funny enough I don't feel like I'm an adult yet I do not feel like um yes yes I don't what notification that is um but I don't feel like I've reached that that title you know like I'm grown I am over 30, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 32, and I am a mom of one, I have a nine-year-old boy, I am a married woman, I am a um, stay-at-home mom, I do radio on the weekends, I do this podcasting during the week for myself and and, and with my friends. So I do things that I guess a child would look up and be like, ooh, you know, grown up. But in my heart of hearts, I do not feel like an adult. I feel like um, there's something missing there. <laughs> but then also, I look at other people and I feel like, you know, eh, something is missing with you too. Especially with my peers. Um, some people actually seem a lot more mature than what I am what I think I am, I might say, some people appear so much more put together. They appear so much more certain of their path and their careers and their vision and their goals and what they want for themselves of a freaking day. Like in day, people are certain about what my day looks like today. And I don't fucking know sometimes what I'm going to do in a day. So that kind of made me feel like, I need to explore this a little more hence I started this podcast mainly because I I love talking I do I love having conversations I love exploring ideas and exploring people's points of views and how they think and how they see the world I find it interesting you know I like listening and participating as well not just listening so I think I'm gonna start with giving you some background of who I am. Right, um, I do a podcast with uh, my radio colleague Miss Franco, my my home girl, and we kind of touch base on who we are. And I also do another one with another very good friend of mine, Miss Unique, and we also touch base a little bit there. But I wanna go more in depth here. On who I really am and why I am the way that I am, and why I think the way that I think, right? So I am busy making a note right now. (laughs) Let's start with I do not know how to multitask. So I literally have to make notes as I'm going off where to pause and edit. There we go. So that's not a good idea, but let me start by introducing myself. I'm going to give you everything you need to know about me today that you need to know. Yeah, need being the key word. So my name, my birth name is Mirel and I was born in Mozambique, Maputo in 1988, December 17th. Look at me giving you all my details. Oh my God. Uh, my mother was a nurse, my father, uh, many things. But at the time of my birth, he worked in the Department of Arts and Culture in Mozambique. So he was a director of a, like an arts and culture house, a culture house. We had, we called it Casa da Cultura. It's basically a place where um, youth came to practice like traditional dancing. Artists had their... Um, Came to showcase their their um, their paintings, musicians. So he he was always been. My dad has always been into the arts. My mother a nurse. And uh, in 1994, I had uh, I was blessed with a younger brother, and um, I was five at the time. I don't really have a lot of memory of my childhood, but I'll get to to that. Now, to why I think I might not have a lot of memory. But I do know that I had a good childhood, as normal as a childhood can go. Um, I had my challenges, obviously, as everybody does. But the biggest thing that happened to me where my life took a turn was um, in 1999 when... So because my father worked, right, for the state and he was constantly traveling um and doing exhibitions arts exhibitions he did really amazing work so in 1999 my father this is february of 99 my father was in sweden and i had recently moved schools right so I studied at a school very, very far from my house, from where I lived with my parents. And my mother had to make it in time for work, for herself, in time for my brother to be at creche or kindergarten or, you know, at, at, at you know, the the school for the childrens. you know. <laughs> I think he was probably, he was probably, what, 94 to 99 Math says five, I think. He was five at the time. So I was I was ten. That that year I was turning eleven. And my school was really out of the way. So I had a cousin who went to the same school as I did. Um and the conclusion there was that <laughs> yeah, I hope you he didn't hear that. If you did, I'm sorry. I don't even know how I'm gonna clean that up. But um I went to the same school as my cousin, so the logical plan to at least fix things until dad came home was for me to go stay at my aunts and my aunts and my uncle sorry at my uncle and auntie's house and i'd go to school with my cousin and my brother and my mother would stay in the city and when dad came back you know life would go back to normal you know i think this is where you 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 realize how things change so easily you 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 don't expect to leave and come back and find such drastic change and i'm speaking now in a context from my father's point of view but um so as i'm speaking now i am thinking and processing my thoughts um my father uh, we're still in Sweden. I went to Hulani is where the place is. Maputo, we were in Maputo, like town, like Bayru Central, Um Hulani is where I was. I was at the school. That was weird in that. <laughs> it was weird because we ate at school and stuff like that. And that was a bit new for me because, I mean, you, in Moz at the time, um, you only go to school for like four hours Right, so like the public schools would have like I don't know if it's still like that, but they would have systems where you'd go to school for like four hours or three hours per day. So yeah, I think it was I think it was four hours. So there's a group that would go from six a.m. to to ten a.m. and then there's a group that would go from ten a.m. to two a.m. and then there's another group that would take the two uh, two p.m. Sorry, and then two to four hours later. Um that 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 was the school system and it could be grade, whatever grade, but you know, you interchange and that was amazing, right? Because you had so much time during the day. So I went to private schools mostly and they did the whole seven hour thing. But this school was weird because it was just the whole fucking day. You might as well have slept there. So having meals from the school at the school and all of that was a bit weird to me. But anyways, I digress. I then uh, one day, I can't remember how long I stayed there for before this happened, but I got an eye infection, right? Common, like nothing, nothing, um, crazy, nothing out of the ordinary, you know, pink eye or conjunctivitis or whatever, um... My mom was a nurse, right? So I went to sc- to school. It was exam season for some weird reason or tests, not exams. We were doing tests. I went to school and um, I came back home. So my uncle and my aunt, uh, they're aposto- apost- ap- fuck. apostolical or apostles or whatever. Their church is the 12 apostles. You know, they go to the apostolic's. And um, they had this thing where the the men would go. I think it was like in a practice thing. I can't even remember details of of what their routine was. But they wouldn't go to church at the same time. First, my uncle, my aunt would go, and then he would go for a different service for the men. So this day, my mom called, and she was on the phone with me. "How How are you and everything? And I just told her that I've got this eye infection. And she asked to speak to my aunt. Auntie wasn't home, so she asked to speak to my uncle. Spoke to uncle and he, and she asked if he had any, any medicine, you know, tetracycline is the medicine that we'd use a lot for this back home. And he had, right. My uncle uh, is a carpenter, so he gets a lot of shit in his eye and stuff like that. So he'd always have like some weird eye ointment lying around in the house. So he did have, but the issue with this one is that it was expired so my mom gave instructions she said okay um don't 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 put anything in her eye i'm going to send fresh fresh like new medicine for you guys this message does not get to me my uncle goes to church my aunt comes back and guys i need to clarify this i'll clarify after but she was really scared she was really worried um and then she remembered that she has ointments, right? And then she went and she took and she put me the ointment, and it happened to be the one that was expired. Now, I, I want to clarify this that because one thing that a lot of people have asked me is, okay, I'll, let me continue. Let me continue. And basically it, it went downhill from there because I, I, I got in the medication. Later on my cousin brought in the clean one and then she then swapped that one out and gave me the clean medication and also the when I say clean I mean the new new not expired one, right? Um because you had to put it three times a day and blah 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 blah. So I wake up the next morning, my face is swollen. Um I I was like a thumb sucker but not necessarily a thumb sucker I sucked my two fingers on my right hand my index and my middle finger those were my fingers and I remember my other aunt uh, my late aunt she said, no, don't suck on your fingers anymore. Otherwise, you're gonna get you're gonna get worse. So I stopped. That immediately that's when I stopped sucking my fingers ran randomly, right? But my face was swollen, my tongue was sore, I had pimples all over my body. And uh, my aunt, um, the wife, not the other aunt, whatever she took me to school to show them because sometimes some schools you know africa guys it's it's a very interesting place a doctor's note doesn't always work sometimes they want to see you sick (laughs) so my aunt is like you know what to even avoid having to to say anything because i had a biology test that day this is my sixth grade i'm in grade six at this time and uh my auntie took me to to the school and they saw me and immediately obviously went to the hospital We dropped off my cousin went to the hospital where my mother worked and um i'm not going to go into a lot of detail as to how my sickness progressed because it was really bad um but it was steven johnson syndrome and what this basically did is it affected my eyesight it affected my skin my nails don't grow back right now my nails haven't grown back they they grow like these black things but they have not grown back i still have a little bit of scarring on my skin which i had to learn to 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 embrace and uh i lost my eyesight um i can only see now on my one eye and not on my other eye and a lot of my hair fell out but my hair grew back y'all ooh guys my fro. <sighs> anyways um (laughs) so a lot changed um dad had to rush back home from sweden it was a very very difficult time very difficult time because it was really bad and why now i'm going back to what i was saying about my aunt is a lot of people might think wow don't you you know how do you feel about her what's your relationship with her right now and i tell you that's my other mom you know And um, I think this was my very first experience with understanding mistakes, understanding people's intentions, understanding that mistakes happen with good intentions. And you cannot hold someone over something just because shit went wrong for you. But that's not what they set out to do. So I genuinely have no... No animosity whatsoever. I don't even think about that. But I'm just saying this out now because it's it's a question that till this day, sometimes when I tell people the full story, I have to have this conversation as to how do I feel that this was caused by someone. It would have happened one way or another. It could have been with my mother, whether the medication was expired or not. We don't know whether that was the cause. But the fact is that I got Steven Johnson from tetracycline. And that's when I moved to South Africa this is now 1999, I came to SA for treatment, I got, I was in hospital for 11 days in Mozambique, and 33 days in South Africa, I was in ICU for, for a while, probably 28 days of those, I can't remember, but I was, I was in, I was, yeah, but This is when now my journey began as being um, an independent. No, I won't say independent, but just being away from my family because I had to find a school that could accommodate me. And um, that meant that my family had to leave me here in South Africa, where I am right now. And they had to go back and take care of my brother. And if you look at that level of sacrifice that a parent has to make, you kind of, you know, you that's, that's, I think, that was one of those moments maybe for my parents where up to then everything was okay. Um, I don't know about their personal relationship, what was going on there, but as far as I know, they were fine. But... Up to that point, my family was solid. We were a unity. And then we had to split up because I had to be here. They had to go back home because also they have another child to take care of. They had another child to raise. But at the same time, they had now one that needed even more assistance, attention. Um, so I can only imagine what that must have been for them what that decision might have been like um so I came to a boarding school where I met I will say 99% of my friends are from 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 school and uh, yeah that's where a lot of stuff happened that's where I learned that I Apparently, I had a talent for singing. I didn't know that. <laughs> but girl can sing, they say. And I, I learned English. I learned Braille. I had to learn Braille. I was in boarding school. And I was living during the weekends in other people's homes. I moved from different homes for the duration of this time, which is almost about, let me think, from 2000 to 2009 nine years that I was jumping from home to home to home. I lived, I think, in about four different households, each with different experiences, each with different lessons, and, you know, but one thing that was always certain is that I was never at my own house, you know, so I had to develop a sense of of compromise very, very quickly. Very quickly, I had to snap out of that sense of entitlement. I had to forget what I thought I deserved versus what I received, you know. I had to forget about all that. I had to to do what people said, even though I didn't think was necessary. I had to look after myself in a way... That I know for a fact, had I been with my family still, I wouldn't have to do that. I wouldn't have to start to do my own laundry at a young age. I wouldn't have to like do a lot of the cleaning that I had to do at that age. I wouldn't have to um miss out on a lot of things like movies, a lot of TV shows that I missed out on. Because, you know, sometimes some houses, you you can watch this, you can watch that. So I wouldn't have missed out on a lot of that if I hadn't left my parents' home. So very quickly, I had to forget about, about being a child and just start focusing on surviving and making it through the weekend so that I could get back to school too, at least. I always felt like school was a bit of a safer space for me because that's where my friends were, that's where... Um, kind of my safety was. I felt more comfortable in that, <laughs> ugh, in that place, even though I had the worst food. But I think I had the most love there. So a lot of things I know that I had to learn, they shaped me into who I am today. But it was really, really difficult not being able to... I mean, for example, I got my first period away from my mother and I got that and I didn't even know like it didn't even click that yo it's your period I thought I shit my pants or something you know and uh, someone else had to explain to me what's happening and it didn't process and I remember my first pack of like proper pads I had what I thought were pads and they weren't pads they were panty liners and I don't think the person who helped me realize that And when I got to school and I told a friend of mine about it, she actually gave me my first pack of, like, proper sanitary pads, you know. So there was stuff like that, you know, Um, certain foods even that I can try and think of that I I probably didn't get to experience till much later in my life. Um, But, yeah, I met my now husband there at school. And uh, graduated high school 2009. I don't know if I'm skipping over stuff that I should be saying, but I guess it will come up in other conversations. But um, I guess it, it, it doesn't seem important right now. But well, let me think. It doesn't seem important right now. But I think that um, one, one thing that I can definitely say high school has done for me it has shaped my sense of, well, at least with my friends, it has it has shaped that sense of trust, who I trust and who I know is in my corner. But a little bit to a fault uh, because I only know my friends and sometimes you think that everybody's like your friends and my friends are really awesome people. So you kind of meet new people in the world, in the real world, and they're not like that. There's so many assholes out here. There's so many opportunists there's a lot of crap happening out here that you you're not really prepared for i guess as a child as 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 a high school kid you're not really taught that you kind of have to sleep with your eye open at night because people are ready to slit your throat at any moment if they're going to get ahead in life you know so you're not really taught to watch your back like that and coming from a place where we had each other's back consistently we took care of each other till today, you know, we take care of each other. We hold each other down till, to, you know, we love each other. We understand each other. We go through whatever bullshit we go through together, but we, we still, you know, the same people for each other and you get out here and people are so ruthless, man, people are ruthless. And you wonder like, you're a dad, you're a mom, like shit, you have kids and how do you like sleep at night doing this kind of thing to people, you know. So I guess, yeah, that was one of the realizations I had that it's really, really, really ruthless out here. I never understood. I never, I never, f- till now I'm still kind of learning that. And you you kind of get to a point where you need to decide whether or not you're going to jump in the same boat or if you're going to distance yourself, but at the same time you got to eat, you know, you got to push your shit, you got to push your, whether it's your business or your hustle, whatever it is, you know, whether you're gonna climb the corporate ladder, 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 ladder. Whatever, man. You you have to push some people down. You know, if you're gonna get to the top, you have to kick some people down. And I'm 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 a believer that you don't have to do that. But sometimes you wonder if that's just wishful thinking. Maybe I'm a bit naive. I've never had a corporate job, so I wouldn't really know. But from what I see it's fucking ruthless out here. Um But yeah. Let me go check out my rice. Hold on. Okay, I'm back. Um yo, can't wait to eat, bruh. I'm not hungry, but um <sighs> whatever. Um but yeah, I made um I graduated high school. One thing also that happened to me that I skipped over was because I had to learn Braille and I had to learn English, I was taken to um, to the special classes. That's what they called it at my school. Um, and I was held back like three years. So I graduated when I was like 21, I think. I was turning 21 that year. Yeah, I was turning 21 the year I graduated. So I was was pretty much the oldest person in my circle for for a long time. But I guess that's okay. Um, And then, guys. So if you guys kind of want to understand a little bit more about the special classes and all of that, just listen to the episodes before this one where I am with my friend Mage C. And we talk a little bit about the struggles of, you know, just going through high school versus the real world as as people with visual impairment so i think you'll kind of get more of an idea of where i stand with with school through that and through future conversations because a lot of my uh guests are going to be people from school and a lot of repeat guests if you don't mind <laughs> so yeah 2010 i Okay, before I go to 2010, I just remembered something very significant that happened in my life. I am a musician, right? Because when I was 13, there was some choir audition thing going on at school, and my friend wanted to audition, and I went with her, and they were like, why don't you sing? And I sang, and that's when it was like, wow, you have a beautiful voice. And I didn't know that I could sing. So I learned that I had a singing talent at the age of 13 in South Africa (laughs) by a teacher. Um, From there, I kind of fell into music. In retrospect, maybe this is actually a conversation for another day. Um, But briefly that when I now had to decide what am I going to study, I didn't know what to study because... Um, I first wanted to do some form of business stuff, but then I don't know what happened. And I thought, why not study music? And there was a whole other thing with my family. My dad was like, "No, you cannot study music. Why would you do that? No." And I was like, "Ah, oh, shit." So my mom had to convince him, and and he's like, "Okay, can study music." Now I study music, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, fuck! I should have listened to the old man." Um, because fuck dude like i don't know it's just a weird thing but even though i was told i've I've always had a struggle with my abilities i've always had a struggle in believing in what i can do in how good i am at what i am good at if i am good at whatever um so it's always been a situation for me to accept myself as a talented human being you know guys i can hear my child screaming He's yelling at the top of his lungs outside. But anyways, I've always had issues with this, of understanding that I am a human, and that means that I do have some or other sort of talent, but I've never been comfortable with that. Till now, I guess, you know, I was telling my husband that I feel like I can't sing anymore. Oh, I hit my mic. Um, Because... A lot of my singing or my music was was told to me. It, it didn't come from me. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um a lot of like my musicality was told to me. Not necessarily taught. Yeah, I learned the, 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 the theory and all of that stuff. But I was always just told, Ah, oh, you can sing so beautiful. You can sing so beautiful. Um, but I was like, um, cool, let's go to university then for that. And for some reason, the person, I don't know if they'll ever listen to this, but if they do or whatever, but the person who first told me that I could sing, the person who put this idea in my head, not that they were wrong, not that they were wrong, but the person who pushed me into this, who, who kept me in this, career path is a very person that as soon as i wanted to go to university um they were quick to derail me from university and push me into a college setting you know we have this thing here in SA. let me explain here in south africa there's the university there's what i don't know if they still have like technicons and there's colleges right universities like the place you want to be in whether it's Vits, uh up uh uj uh ucp whatever it is uh, university of kzn whatever it is it's you want to be at a university that's where people with a certain level of grades and certain level of like in academic stature get admitted to technicon is very much so I'd say universities, it's pretty theoretical, it's pretty up there, especially if you're gonna be an academic, or if you really want like some heavy recognition. You everyone wants to go to a university, right? For for those specific reasons and others. Technicon is kind of like the second thing, where it's like some theory, some practical, but it's still a lot more respected, if I may use those words. And I'm using these terms in relation to the time that I was going to schools and stuff, right? So I don't know how this applies to today in 2020. I'm an old lady in comparison to you youngsters out there or anyone else or the way things are today. But Technicons were more chill, you know, they're more relaxed, you know. A college is more now for anyone can get in regardless of how well you did in high school or how terribly it's it's almost like a and then the rest type of thing so there's a little bit of a stigma attached to going to a college and um, when this person didn't even they didn't put any effort into me getting into a university they didn't put any effort into getting me into a Technicon that I could have gone to, like, you know, when I thought about it, I was like, I could have gotten even to the university, I could have gotten in, right? Considering that I was top of my class, I could have fucking gotten into university, but for some reason, they didn't think that I was capable of going to university for music. Something that they put me on, something that they bred me in, they didn't believe in me anymore. And I ended up going to, to a college and it was, it was, um, you know, that's when I realized that I let someone tell me how good I am at something and I didn't explore my passion for this thing. I was told that I'm good at music. Therefore, I like music. Therefore, I should pursue music, Right. And I did with a lot of difficulties. And um, honestly, I do regret it. I do regret studying music. I do. And I have a fucking honors degree in this thing. But I do regret going that career path because I think I would have excelled in something else, more productive, more um, fulfilling, more significant to me, okay? Not necessarily to the world, to me. And... um, because with that, I I there were so many things happening in my life at the same time. I had fallen pregnant in my first year of 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 varsity, which meant that I could I I couldn't um. My focus now, yeah, my child stayed home with my mom, so those primitive years of my son, I wasn't there with him. So that is something that I had a hard time with. So motherhood. I've always questioned it. Is it's also that another factor that I'm questioning so much about myself because I wasn't there for my baby's first words. I wasn't there for my baby's first steps. I was there for his first two months, and after that, I was home every three months, and um, I didn't see his formative years. I didn't, you know, and that. I think is one of those things that is another conversation for another day. I'll probably explore that one with with Miss Unique on the Unique Bloom show where we talk about motherhood. Or here some other time. Um, But, um, yeah, so a lot of what I thought my adulthood would be like kind of crumbled. I thought I would be the mom there from day one to day two, I thought that, or to the end, <laughs> but I'm here with my baby now, Um, I thought that I would have chosen a career, and I would have had a job by then, and I've never been able to find a job in that till today, I thought that I'd be more relaxed, I, I thought that I'd be more settled, more, oh, dude, like, Yeah, man, like so Okay. I had my baby 2011, May. I got married to my husband 2015, September. And um I we we now live together the three of us here in South Africa. Um my boy was diagnosed with ADHD so that's something that was very interesting to to go through um so we we kind of learning that as well and so I'm visually impaired my husband's also visually impaired and um i don't even know at this point i'm kind of rambling but where am i now i think let me jump there <laughs> because I do not even know where I was going with all of this, but I guess I was trying to just give you guys a glimpse into who I am and how I feel about certain things. In 2017, I registered a company, Neon Bloom Productions, where my hope was to, because of my struggle with, with getting, securing work, I wanted to help artists secure paying gigs. And all this bullshit that everybody wants to do of taking guys to clubs and not paying them, not even giving you at least transport cash or anything. People are just so fucking vicious, yo. Like, and people don't take musicians seriously, you know. Um, I did that for about two years, but it got tough. Like, there was this one day where I was managing some artists and I took them i somewhat got a gig for them and i went with them yo it was a fucking strip club but not like even a pretty strip club it was some wretched piece of shit dump that i don't know where that place is and this guy didn't pay me my money and yo like the gangster in me kind of came out that day if i didn't slap that dude's because there were people around me i would have taken his phone i was fucking pissed you know because Yo, we practiced. We put in time into the shit. And you just fucking ripped me off. My time. I could have been home with my family. These guys could have been home with their families. And here we are. And you fucking taking advantage of me. And um, I came home and I thought, it's not worth it. This is not who I am. I'm not chasing money. I'm not made to run after people for money. Fuck it. So I kind of laid back that a bit. So, yeah, now... I'm focusing on podcasting because I want to explore myself, my thoughts, (laughs) why I feel the way that I feel about certain things. I guess this actually went longer than what I thought. I didn't think that I could talk to myself by myself for so long. Um, But um, I think I'll do more of these, a lot more. Yeah, I think, I mean, the initial purpose was, you know, sit here with friends and stuff, I'll do that too. But I'll do a lot of these and I'll explore phases of my life. Um, And we can go through those together. And um, if you guys have any questions, you can drop them off. You can drop me off an email. I'll leave all the stuff in the show notes and stuff. But yeah, I guess compared to what I thought adulthood was and what it is it's weird <laughs> completely different because I realized that I idealized my my parents adulthood so much um because I was a child i didn't i did, did-, did- I did not know any better. And when I look at them today and I see, whoa, these guys also go through problems. They also fight. They're also struggling financially at times. They're also struggling with their spirituality sometimes. They're also struggling with their um, political views. Like, you know, the same things that I struggle with right now, they're going through. And I'm like, okay, so this is kind of the reality of adulthood. So I thought wow, okay, I know what it's like for everyone else because people look different, you know, especially in the age of social media. Some people make you feel like you're sleeping instead of, like, going hard on the hustle. Um, But um, I've learned to be patient with myself and be grateful for who I am and love myself and be kind to myself first because what people do to get what they have, I don't fucking know. Okay, all I know is that when it's time to sleep, I go to bed. I also want to explore this, um, this hustle mentality. You know, it's it's a very toxic thing for me. I think it's very toxic. I don't think it benefits anyone. I don't think it breeds longevity. It just promotes um, instant gratification tendencies. And that's, that's kind of not what I want for myself. I'm not very much in the hustle mentality, but I am into growth. I am into just being better whether it's health whether it's um, mindset whether it's um just mental peace or whatever it is financials or whatever but you know financials yo Whew. but yeah i guess that is a bit of who fernando is and fernando why fernando you guys might ask the way my name is spelled i said fernando f-e-r N A double N D apostrophe capital O. That's how you spell it. Fernando. And you have to write it that way. Because anything else means absolutely Jack to me. Alright, so F E R N A double N D apostrophe capital O. I'll tell you why. Fernando is my father. And he is my hero. You know, that man has so much character, so much charisma, so much drama, so much focus, so much, you know, flamboyance. And he's just so much. But he's a very hardworking man. He's a very respectable man. He is somebody that you can rely on. And when they walk in, they are just an amazing person to be in their presence of. So I wanted to honor that, right? That's my daddy. My mom is Olinda. Olinda is a beautiful soul. She is a supportive wife. She is a caring mother. She's an entertaining as hell friend. She is cray-cray like me. No, I'm cray-cray like she is. She's a God-fearing woman. She's consistently praying for us. She's consistently holding us down. And, um... She always makes me laugh. She's always teaching. She's always nurturing. She's always... Anyone that knows my mother loves her because she is just lovable. So I wanted to honor her too. That's why the capital O, and behind every great man, behind my dad's strength, behind my dad's charisma, uniqueness and talent oh RuPaul (laughs) my mother is there she's his pillar she's there so I carry these people with me everywhere I go and I've tried maybe writing songs for them or whatever but I couldn't find a better way to honor them so I decided let me carry them in my name so friends and family if you haven't yet please save me as Fernando and um yes everyone i think this i'll I'll end it here i've ended it even a long time ago i have to go cook i have to edit this because this has to be out tomorrow you all have no idea how proud i am that i did this um i wasn't gonna do it simply because i couldn't find a guest but i said you know what girl you are dedicated you are focused Focus used to be my tagline and focus is going to be back in my vocab because I want to do better. I want to be better. I am better and I'm growing something that I'm so proud of. And against all odds, here I am. I did my first solo podcast and I'm very excited and I'm going to do more of these. And um, please listen to everything else on our network. We have from uh, Bizoma Benzo, um, Music and the Mind. We have from myself and my homegirl Miss Franco, the Boudoir wrap-up, and myself and Miss Unique, we have Unique Blue Mom. So I'm gonna link all these beautiful shows. At least I have something to listen to once a week. Every day of the week, I mean. Um but yes, please do support us. I love you. I'm grateful. I think I might do another one by myself next week. Shit i'm feeling myself (laughs) hey anyways guys thank you so much i love you um see you